Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to Greater Alton Church. I'm Tim, and it's good to have you with us this morning. I know that Super Bowl is going to be tonight. I'm not sure who you're rooting for. I was told either the cheaters or the leavers. I don't know which one it will be. Oh, that was awful. One of those two you're going to be rooting for. (laughs) Um, I hope you have a good time watching the commercials. We're in a series of lessons we've entitled, It's All in Your Head, and uh, we've been looking at thinking. Um, we're looking at uh, the way we think of things. I don't know, this series has just messed with my mind. I don't know what it's done with yours, but uh, I'm constantly thinking about why I think what I think. Why is that thought there? Why did that just pop in? Does that mean something, or is it just... My brain, because it, man, I tell you, our brains work like computers. Uh, they're better than a computer. They work extremely fast, processing information, storing information. Uh, and when I said that, just that, this thought pops in my head of a Playboy centerfold that I saw when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? I hate that. Sometimes this brain of mine, I just don't like what it does to me. And uh, if you're, if you can identify with anything like that, I think you've come to the right place this morning, because we're going to learn together on how to deal with purifying our thoughts. Oh, do you have a dirty mind? Now I know you you might be thinking, you mean sexually? No, just dirty. Period. It hasn't got to be just sexual. It can be all kinds of thoughts that just clutter up the mind. Some of you are nodding your head. Yeah, what's the dirty mind that seems to reoccur? Maybe it's, you know, I don't know. It, it just, it's, it's there. And um, I'm, I'm just sorry that, that, that that's part of it. We live in a broken world and our brains are broke. And so when we get all this stimulation from everywhere... Everywhere. I can see why Solomon said these words in Proverbs. Be careful what you think. (laughs) Really, Solomon? Yeah, be careful. I think one translation says, guard your heart. Be careful. Why? Because your thoughts run your life. You know, he's saying here, don't let anything or everything into your mind. You need to be careful. You need to be selective. You need to station a guard at the entrance of your mind. Why? Whatever. Here's why. Whatever fills my mind is going to come out in life. Every temptation I have starts with a thought. I like ding-dongs. But they're not good for me. I don't know what it is about that processed plastic stuff in the center. It's good. Everything starts the thought. Hmm. It's a pretty box. You got to admit they know how to package it. I bought this at Schnucks this morning. A whole box. Well, anyway, you know I got to get back to the sermon. The thing I'm trying to say is, is there's just something about Hostess. I'm so glad when they went out of business, I cried for a week, and then they got their act together. They made their stuff. And when I was a kid, King Ding Dong was the commercial. Ding Dongs! 
I'm King Ding Dong. Yeah, I know, and I love you. Rule my world, man. Yeah. Ooh, look. Ten individually wrapped cakes. Ten are in here. Ten. Oh, that's nice. Oh, what's this? Wait, oh, look. Look here. The tab. The tab is open a little bit there. I wonder what that's all about. Oops. Wow. They look smaller, but I don't mind. Wow. It just says, open me. But I can't. I really, I shouldn't. You know, my wife's told me, you don't need hostess ding-dongs. They're bad for you. Yeah. But man. I'll just put them away. Hold on. Let me get. Let me just put them away because I know that they're going to distract you, not me. No. Oh, they're just as good as they've always been. Oh, if I had a glass of milk. Wait a second. Wait a second. Now there's only nine. But what will I do with the nine? That's the question. Do I share them with my friends? Well, there's a lot of people here at church today. That would, you know, somebody will get left out. I better save these for later. Yeah. Everything starts with a thought. You know, the ding-dongs can be... Something we like. It could be food. It could also be, and it could be sex, sure. It could also be, I'm hurt about something or bothered about something and I can't get it out of my head. Or I want something. I want something so bad. I try to think about other things, but I keep focusing on this and it seems like it distracts me from everything else. Maybe some things I should do. Because I'm drawn to what I want to do. You see, whenever I mess up, the mess doesn't start with what I did. It starts with what I thought. It starts in my head. And that tells me that real change, if I really want to change something in my life, it isn't just working on the, the action or the habit, but the source of the action, the source of the habit. You follow me? With what I'm thinking. You know, um, Paul um, said it this way. He's in prison. He's got a lot of things running through his mind. Is he stressed out a little bit? Probably. Has he got a lot lot of worries on his mind? Perhaps. They're going through his mind. I mean, he's he could die. He could be executed. All kinds of things going through his mind. People. Problems comfort and um, and he tells this church at Philippi I want you to have joy rejoice all the time like I am in prison and have peace in your heart like I do in prison and he says he really passes on what he is doing in his prison cell 
He says, in conclusion, my friends, he says in Philippians 4, 8, fill your minds with those things that are good and that deserve praise, things that are true, noble, right, and pure. Pure. Yeah, pure thoughts. Oh, I don't know about you, but this is a toughie for me. How do you purify your thoughts? How do you have pure thoughts? Because it's very difficult in this world. And it's very difficult personally. It doesn't have to always come from something out there. It just, my mind has a mind of its own. And sometimes it thinks the weirdest twisted stuff. Um, and I don't know how to explain it. Even when I'm doing my best, these thoughts come in my head and they can discourage me. Don't they discourage you? Sure. You know, I must be a mess. Well, you are. So am I. We are a mess. We're sinners. And so we think like sinners. We're broken. So we think with a broken mind. So how do I purify my thoughts? Because Paul says, I can fill my mind with pure things. Well, how do I do that? Let me give you what I what I feel like might help. It's helped me. It's helping me too. Number one, I take more responsibility for my purity. I can get all the accountability people around me, but it's not their responsibility that I be pure. They can help me, but I'm the one. I'm the one that should take more responsibility about purity. Look at the Bible says here, as water shows your face, so your mind shows what kind of person you are. What you think reveals who you are, what you're about. What are your thoughts revealing about you here lately? Now, I want to clarify, having an impure thought pop in your head out of nowhere doesn't necessarily mean uh, you're a bad person. It just confirms that you're like everybody else. All right? <laughs> Our minds think like that. They think over time. Everybody deals with this issue in our in our lives. Uh, Proverbs 20, verse 9, Solomon said, Can any of us really say my thoughts are pure, that my sins are gone? What you, can anybody really say, oh, I'm always thinking pure. I'm, I, I've got a pure motive. No, we really can't. No, we can't. No one has a pure mind all the time. And when I take responsibility, I include myself in that too. I go, well, you know, I, can't, I don't have a pure mind all the time. It is tainted and tarnished by other desires, by other things. That, that my motives and my heart and my desires can be polluted with lust. Yes, it can. But also with pride and fear. These are things I've experienced. That my heart's been polluted with pride, fear, anger, bitterness, selfish ambition. And so by taking responsibility, I refuse to blame or make excuses for my impurity. I call myself out on it. Why? Because a lot of the tainted thoughts I have are not by accident. They've come from my habits and come from me entertaining, giving a second thought to that thought. Remember this now. Remember what I said earlier. You're to guard your heart. Who is the guard of your heart? 
Who's the guard of my heart? It's me. And if I'm asleep at the wheel, things are going to get in and get out. So really, I guess I want to just clarify some more here. Thoughts popping in my head may not necessarily reveal who I am. It's what I do with those thoughts. What will I do with those thoughts? Really, they're the things that reveal who I really am. Will I deal with them or sweep them under the rug? Will I entertain them or reject them and move on? In other words, I take responsibility for purifying my thoughts. Now, I don't know about you, but when I started thinking about this, I started looking at Scripture, and and I went, wait a second, I'm responsible for purifying my heart? I thought God did that. He purified us by the blood shed on the cross. He cleansed us. And He did. But I have a part. I have a responsibility and a role to play when it comes to purifying myself. See, the Bible never speaks of a, of a believer justifying himself. You can't and I can't. But over and over again, you find these passages that say, purify yourselves, purify yourselves, purify yourselves. If you're reading the Daily Bible, you're already running into it. We're about to get into Leviticus, and more and more, and, and, and we get into Deuteronomy, you'll see these, this term, purify yourselves, purify yourselves, purify yourselves. And it spills into the New Testament as well. Look at this passage in 2 Corinthians 7, one. All these promises are made to us, my dear friends. So then, let us purify ourselves. If I, if I have nothing to do with purifying myself, why am I told to do it? He says, purify, he says, let us purify ourselves from everything that makes body and soul unclean. And let us be completely holy by living in awe of God. First John, John says this in 1 John 3, Christ is pure. All who hope to be like Him, make themselves pure. So there's measures I take. There's something I am to do. God calls me to do. Simply, the question I asked myself as I was looking at these passages was, was this, what am I doing to purify my thoughts? Because sometimes I feel hostage, like I'm a hostage of my thoughts. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? It's like, man, I can't get these things out of my head. I, I can't do I'm powerless, so what's the point? I've convinced myself that I have no role in it. And the Bible says that's not true, Tim. You do have some power. And with God's help, you have incredible power. So I would, and what I realize as I'm looking at these passages about purifying myself, that I, instead of letting my impure thoughts discourage me, which is, I tend to do, I'm gonna, I'm letting them alarm me and deal with them. And I hope you find the same is true. I want to encourage you to do the same thing. So the first thing I do to purify my thoughts is I take more responsibility for my purity. Number two, I ask God to help me be pure. Because folks, they're just some thoughts I cannot lick on my own. They're just too strong. I've had them for so long... I've entertained them for so long that they like to come back for another show. They want to come back and visit me over and over again. James 4.8 says this, Come near to God, and God will come near to you. You are sinners, so clean sin out of your lives. See the responsibility there? You're trying to follow God and the world at the same time. Oh, oh make your thinking pure. 
And that's what we do. We, we've got the world going on. We've got God going on. Back and forth we go. And sometimes we're thinking some good stuff, and then all of a sudden we have this train wreck of thought. It's, it just, it's hard to do this. Some of these strongholds, these mental strongholds, are just too tough to handle. So what do I do? I need to ask God to help me with these. What it tells me is this, that these moments of prayer and, and devotion to God, this devotion to the quiet times I have, and these moments I talk to God, really matter. And when I walk with Him, I take His Word and bring it into every step of my life. They really do make a difference, because the closer you get to God and to His Word, the more mental edge you have with your thoughts. I think about that passage where says his thoughts are, are, you know, God's thoughts are above man's. They're just better, and they're they're above what I I tend to think about. So when I grasp hold of what he says, what he thinks, I was talking this week to some folks. I said, you know, the Bible's just full of God's thinking, the way God thinks, and it's and I hope you're spending time in the Word because that makes a big difference when it comes to what you're thinking about. I have songs I've memorized in, you know, um, uh, from the 60s. Tommy James and the Shondells. Money, money, you know. and uh, I've got the, the group Bread. Some of you don't know who they are. Oh, the Carpenters. Oh, Karen Carpenter. I we've only just begun. I had that sung at my wedding. I I remember I remember movie lines. If you get in a movie debate with me, I know of many of you I bury because I'm quoting. You're going, okay, Tim. We know you like the movies. All right. Jeez. Why why do I have? You must have a photographic memory. No, I've watched that movie about a hundred times. I've listened to that song about a thousand times. What would happen if I was concentrating the Word of God a hundred times? A thousand times. And really just fill, it says fill your mind. Fill my mind with what He thinks. Would it have any impact whatsoever on the way I think? I think it would. So I ask God. I get close to God. Look what David says here in Psalms 51. Create a new clean heart within me. Fill me with pure thoughts and holy desires ready to please you. Here's a guy that's after God's own heart and he says, I need help with a pure mind. Here's a guy that's wrote hundreds of songs excited about the presence of God, licked giants in his life, and he's saying, I need some help keeping my focus on pure things. Oh, created me a clean heart. We sang, we sang that song this morning uh, at Lord's Supper with the children ministry teachers. And Sonia goes, let's sing, created me a clean heart. And we sang that. And I closed my eyes thinking, I want this to be a prayer like David's. You see, I can't, I can't have a pure mind uh, most of the time. I wish, you know, you said, oh, Tim, you're a preacher. I've just got to tell you, I've got a dirty mind. I've listened to Red Fox records when I was seven, and I know all their jokes, word for word, all of his jokes. 
I've watched a lot of dirty stuff on TV and, and, and in theaters. I've listened to a lot of dirty stuff. I've heard a lot of dirty jokes. Those dirty jokes don't ever leave. They're there. Now, I know none of you have any dirty jokes to tell. My thoughts get tainted all the time. The title, the position doesn't uh, insulate you or insulate me. It's just the way it is. I hate it, Tim. Me too. But I, 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 there's times I have to ask God. You know, this morning I was so distracted by some thoughts. And I had the lights off uh, in back there. And I'm just begging God, could you get my mind off of this stuff? I mean, I want to do the ding-dong illustration, Lord. But just, can you just get the other stuff out of my head? And so I find myself, and like David asking, Lord, keep my mind out of the gutter. C- cleanse my heart. Purify my motives, because there's so many times my motives are just tainted by my own selfish desires. Put my mind in a better place. Help me think of you. You know, I, I tell people I think of God all the time. It is a chore to do that. But I've decided I'm going to think about God all the time. It keeps me out of mischief. It helps me. It encourages me. And I ask God sometimes, God, would you give me pure thoughts, holy desires? Would you help? Because my desires aren't always holy. Would you help me focus on what you have to say? And here we are, February 3rd, 2019. And if you're still not in your Bibles on a regular basis, I can't help you. God can't help you. I just know I need to be. If I, When I get away from it, I'm in trouble. So I take more responsibility for this purity. I, I, I'm going to take action. I'm going to do my part. I don't do it alone, thank God, but, but I do my part. second thing is I ask God to help me be pure. I get close to Him. And the third thing is I turn my focus. I turn my focus. What do you mean, Tim? Well, I found this passage. I stumbled across the passage, and we're going to look at it here in just a second. What I'm really doing is I'm, I'm turning my attention in a different direction, my thoughts in a different direction. I know, I, I, I know that uh, this week you've probably heard this. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? And you've got your opinions, and I listen to fellows. And in the last few years, it seems like, the winner of the Super Bowl is the one with the strongest defense. They always seem to be talking about that. Oh, they got a real good defense. And then somebody will sarcastically say, Well, I think it's whoever scores the most points. I mean, so what if you got a great defense if your quarterback can't throw? If your running back can't go anywhere? And it isn't going to end in a tie, folks. They'll play all night. And this game, I want to see over as soon as possible. The commercials. Commercials. Focus on the commercials. Well, isn't it both? Isn't it both that win Super Bowls? You've got to have a strong defense and a strong offense. You've got to have both. And see, purifying my thoughts 
includes clearing some things out and making sure some things are in. It's defense and offense at the same time. And look at this passage here in 2 Timothy. This is the Phillips translation. And um, look what it says here. Turn your back on the turbulent desires of youth and give your positive attention to goodness, faith, love, and peace in company with all those who approach God in sincerity. He's saying, Timothy, to get your thoughts purified, to purify your heart, he says, i got three turns here. I want you to turn this way and turn this way and turn this way. Kind of like when somebody says, how do you get there? Well, you come to my house, you come up Godfrey Road, then you make a, you make a turn at, at, uh, Airport Road, and then you follow it around, and then you make another turn on Walsh Road, and you'll see us there, uh, uh, our house, you, you'll be able to see it, and you turn left, and you get to the house. He's saying, I got some turns that you need to make, Timothy, that'll help you have a pure heart. What are they? Well, the first one is uh, that I can see is I turn my back on sinful desires. If I want to, if I want to purify, want to purify my thoughts, it involves turning. The first thing is I turn my back on sinful desires. Now, the Greek language behind this, and I heard Jim McGuigan say one time, I know a little Greek. He's about five four and weighs 135 pounds. And that's funny. I know a little Greek too, but I don't know the person, but. And, and when I gather from this, this word that says, turn your back, we'll hear the word flee in the NIV. It'll say, flee the evil desires of youth. What's he talking about here? The word means to turn your back on and run as fast as you can now. He's saying, there's urgency here. You see something, turn your back on and run as fast as you can, as soon as you can. Flee the evil desires of youth, he says, or flee the turbulent desires of youth. What are those? You ever thought about that? I mean, I got thinking about that. It drove me crazy. What are some youthful desires when you're a kid or when you're younger? And this is not to pick on any teenagers. They're already giving me the stink eye. And I don't mean this is not, but it's the same thoughts we encountered when we were younger. Obviously, we encountered sexual temptation when we were younger, right? <laughs> well, I'm getting to that, Mike. I'm going to get to that. Yeah, like yesterday. But you know, you know, remember the first time you go, oh. You know, I talked to Carmody. Boys. I know that's going to change. You talk to these little girls. Boys are icky. Talk to the boys. Girls are icky. No, they're going to change their mind. I'm sure they will. They do. They tend to do that. I did. But I think what I noticed, though, is is that it's not only lust. When we think about, I want to get, I want us to broaden our minds a little bit here. When we're talking about purity, we're not talking about just sexual purity here. It is. It does include that. Okay. Don't go away. And say Tim says sexual impurity is okay. I didn't say that. I'm saying there's more than sexual purity that's being focused on here. He says the evil desires of youth. And I've always looked at this. I say this honestly to you. I've always looked at this passage. It's a sexual purity passage. Well, it is and more. What are some of the evil desires of youth? The turbulent desires of youth? I thought of a few that I could remember. How about impatience? I want to stay up. Well, you have to wait till you're 10. Oh, come on! 
He gets to stay up while he's 12. When is it? I count the days. I want to get my driver's license. Well, you're 13. But man, I want to learn how to drive now, Dad. I don't think so. You're dangerous. Impatience. Oh, well, let's go, let's go. I want to go. We drive too fast. We get into mischief. We make quick, snappy decisions and get ourselves in trouble. See? Some teenager's in trouble right now. <laughs> in consideration. That goes with youth. Don't get ahead of me. Just being inconsiderate of people. They think of themselves. How do I look? What are people going to think? Fear is another one. Being contentious. Why is it that when we were younger, we just argued a lot? Very opinionated. Very little filter. Yesterday, we were at McDonald's. And I'm, or, or I'm sorry, the day before, we're taking Meyer and Carmody home after something. And Denise goes, uh, Meyer, won't you have Papa carry you in the house? I don't want Papa. I want you, G, 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 G. I'm like, come on. What am I? I look at Carmody. What's wrong with, he's just a kid, Papa. He don't know what he's saying. And I go, yeah. And here's, here's, you know, Denise goes, well, Papa was to carry and I turn around and I go, Carmody, don't cry, Papa. And Meyer goes, okay, fine. <laughs> I wanted to carry him by his hair, you know, but anyway. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like, what is it about, uh, they have no filter. They'll say whatever comes across their mind. One time I'm leaning over and I'm going, let me fast your seatbelt. Papa, your breath stinks. <sighs> what is it about youth and the lack of filter? By the way, he's talking to a 20-something in this passage. Not a teenager as much as a 20-something. Just saying. Turn your back on these, Timothy. This love of, I don't know how to explain it the way, a comment, one commentator said it this way, a love for novelty. And what's that mean? I don't want the old crusty stuff of your generation. I want the new stuff. The latest stuff. And that's how kids are. What's that old? I don't want that. You're old. You're outdated. You're out of touch. I want fresh. The newest. Remember when you started growing up and you started comparing yourself with other people? How you looked, how they looked, how they acted, how you acted, and you found yourself bending and bowing to a thing called peer pressure, right? Well, I hope it's not real serious. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like we, comparing and competing. And you might say, wait a minute, Tim. I know a lot of adults that do this too. And you're absolutely right. You know why? Because we didn't deal with it when we were young. That's why we act the way we do, young folks. 
because we didn't deal, we didn't take this advice when we were young. And that's why we still, you know, here I am, 61 years old, and I'm beginning, I feel like I finally made some headway with my fear of people. And I, I had that when I was four. But I never dealt with it. Never dealt with it. Never dealt with it. And I'm just saying, if you want to, if you want to change something, you've got, you've got to make some, you want to purify your thoughts, you've got to establish some boundaries with some things that you have now, regardless of your age. Mike was right, you know, like yesterday, <laughs> you know, I know guys that are in their 80s that still deal with lust. Praise God. I thought that died, you know. Yeah, I hear, I hear old guys, older than me, I say, does it ever die? Does it ever quit? And the answer is no. And I don't know how to feel about that. Because sometimes it's in the way. So you still have a drive? Oh, yeah. But I also talk to people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s that are inconsiderate, disrespectful, contentious, rebellious, fearful. They... They don't like old stuff. They argue at the drop of a hat. They're stuck in their ways. And someone says to them, maybe you've heard it, I wish you'd grow up. Stuck in our youth. Follow me? So whatever age I am this morning, if I want to purify my thoughts, I start by turning my back, reject it. If I turn my back on you, and I'm like... What am I communicating to you? I don't want any part of you, exactly. And I want to create as much distance as I can from whatever I turn my back on. And he says, right now, whatever desires you have, and, you know, I've heard 50 is the youth of old age, so let's just stretch that a little bit and just say we're all young. We're to turn or to turn from those evil desires. And that means, seriously, setting some boundaries with my cell phone. I never thought I'd have to say that to an adult, to 50-year-olds. I get it. You know, I remember watching a teenage girl one time trying to bowl with her cell phone in her hand. The real weird thing was, she was charging it at the same time. That is talent. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. And how many of us, you know, we'll look at anything, and the older we get, the cockier we get, and the more confident we get, and the more prideful we get, because we think we can handle it. Really? Well, I've, it's no big deal. Really? When I'm watching on TV, when I'm listening to the kind of conversations I'm having, Really? Because I'll tell you what, I've had those conversations, I have seen the TVs, I have listened to music, I have not guarded my heart, and guess what? It explains why all this crap is running around in my head all the time. And now when I really want to serve God, i got this junk going on, this insecurity going on, this attitude going on, that's taking my passion away from what God called me to be. Anybody know what else I'm, anybody else know what I'm talking about? 
So I gotta get serious. I gotta really turn. I gotta reject it. I've gotta be like the Amish. I make fun of Don Yoder. You know, he's Amish. I call him Amish. And I said, I'm shunning you, Don Yoder. And I turned my back on him and goes, hey, that's happened before. <laughs> you know, we turn our back. We need to turn our back on these things. James 1.27, not on your notes. It's in the Bible, not on PowerPoint. It says, what does God consider as pure religion or pure spirituality, as one translation says? It's to take care of people like widows and orphans. But it's also to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. That's James 1.27. So what do I do? I've, I've got to turn. Look at these passages here in Job 31.1. Look what Job says. Here's how he turned. I promised myself never to stare with desire at a young woman. He said, I made a vow with my eyes. So what's he saying? I turned my head. I turned my head. I, I put in auto glass a lot. A lot. More than I want to. And I'm at body shops. I'm at uh, dealerships. And there's lots of pornography on the wall. In the toolbox, these guys want to talk about the latest dirty joke. There's one guy I put in glass for, and every statement I say, he he finishes it and says, that's what she said. (laughs) No matter what I say. Are they funny? Yeah, it's funny. I'm not denying that. But sometimes I have to turn my, just turn my head. Just turn in another direction. That makes a big difference. Look at this here in Psalms 101. I will not put anything wicked in front of my eyes. What's the eyes thing about? What's the deal with the eyes? Or well, Jesus said the eyes are the lamp of the body. This is one of the ways things get in. Proverbs 4 says this. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. This one is a big one for me. You know, when you have the gift of gab, you have to really control yourself or you say anything. I was told one time by Joe Bean, your body, what do you mean body? He said, Tim, what that means is you'll say anything. And that's true. I'm body person. I gotta be, I have to watch it. So sometimes I'm turning away. I just turn my head. Sometimes I gotta turn the conversation in a different direction. Sometimes it means turning the car around and saying, I'm not going there. Sometimes it just means turn my attention to something else or turn the channel. Or sometimes it just means I gotta turn that thing off. That's the turns. How I turn my back. Here's one way Paul suggested you turn your back. You must put to death, then, the earthly desires at work in you. Oh, are you saying earthly desires are working you, Tim, all the time? Don't you notice it? All kinds of desires always working in your brain? He says you need to confront them and put them to death. Well, that sounds like, uh, well, he's talking about sex here. Well, he does. He starts off, he says, sexual morality, indecency. That can not be just sexual. It can be anything in lust, you know, evil passions, and greed. Greed? What's greed doing in there? He says, well, that's a form of idolatry. It sounds like you can't negotiate. You can't negotiate with these terrorists. 
You can't. You can't give the devil a foothold. You can't have a hint of this stuff. You want to get it all out. So if you say it's no big deal, it's harmless, it doesn't bother me, it doesn't affect me, I can handle it, you're full of it. It does affect you. How do you know that, Tim? Because it affects me. So what do I do with all this stuff? I reject it. I turn my back on it. Why do I have to be so radical about this? Because the Bible says the impure will not inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible says the pure will see God. The Bible teaches that a twisted mind, an impure mind, will not lead to happiness. An impure mind will not succeed in life. They're all those scriptures are in the Bible. Now Paul mentions another turn, and that's turn towards something positive. Now, before I say something, you're probably saying, well, where's God involved in all this? Well, if I'm following Christ, I'm following God, I'm going to turn to the positive, I'm turning to His Word. And the Holy Spirit's going to work a lot more when I get closer to God, okay? But these are things I can do too. I can turn to the positive. See, see, here's what I'm realizing. I have more power to turn my thoughts in a different direction than I think I do. I see this all the time. I'm working on a windshield, the guy walks up, and he's cussing like a sailor. You ever had this happen to you? They're cussing like a sailor. Well, how'd you get the glass business, Tim? Or he would say, how in the filth did you get in the business? And I go, well, I moved here from the other side of the state to work with the church. You see, I, I preach. You what? I preach. And all of a sudden, it's almost like a light. Not another cuss word. Not another cuss word. What happened? He changed on a dime. I do it too. You do do it in the middle of the conversations. You're about to give your political opinion about something, and somebody says something else, and you go, oh, and you turn that political opinion, temper it a little bit, You change. Change your mind about something. We have the power to change our thoughts. Let's look at this passage in 2 Timothy again. It says, Turn your back on the turbulent desires of youth and give your positive attention to goodness, faith, love, peace. What's he saying? Turn away and turn your attention to this. Turn your attention to this. To goodness, what's good. Matters of faith, that sounds like something from God. His love, your love. You know, I think not of myself so much, because love thinks of others. Just look at 1 Corinthians 13, it gives you the definition of love. And peace. And how do I have that? How do I focus on that? And how do I give my positive attention to peace? Because as a follower, I have peace with God, my relationship with God. And by focusing on that, I have this peace so I don't worry, get caught up in bitterness, selfish ambition, and such. Look what he says. Look what he goes on to say. How can a young man, verse in Psalms 119, how can a young man keep his path pure? By guarding it with your words. Your guards are in charge. 
of what goes in and what goes out. And he says, and a guard has a thing to nowadays they have a can of mace or a taser or a sidearm, right? And they use that if something tries to get in that's not supposed to be in. David says, well, we didn't have guns or mace or tasers. I use the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. That's what I use to fight my mental battle. Folks, I, I, uh, my wife owns a Highlander now. She went and we bought her a Highlander uh, for Christmas. And um, it has that lane departure thing. Anybody know what I'm talking about, that lane departure stuff? It's pretty cool. The dash has the lanes. It shows you a highlight of each side of the road. And if you get too close, it goes beep, 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 beep. I know it does that because it does it often when I'm driving. Beep, 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 beep. And, and then the steering wheel kind of goes. It try, but you know, I learned something. Well, I'll do what I want. It might encourage me, but I still choose. And you might be encouraged, good or bad thought. You still choose. And you can, you can turn your thoughts. I can turn my thoughts. This is exciting to know. Not scary to know. This is good. I can do something about this. And when the Spirit, the Holy Spirit and His Word, the sword of the Spirit and His Word is working, He's reminding me. I've actually had thoughts I've never had before. Why? They're in connection with the Word of God. And it's the Holy Spirit saying, Tim... Get over here. Now, either I can fight him and resist him, or I can let his put me back in the road in the right path. That ding-dong didn't magically unwrap itself and stuff itself in my mouth. I did that all on my own, thank you very much. I have more power. God gives me more power. And I realize, look at this, I love this song. What an encouraging passage. I have thought much about your words. Because I think a lot about your words. I meditate, yeah. I think a lot about what you say. I think about your thoughts a lot, Lord. So much that I've put them in my heart. And what's it do, David? Well, they hold me back from sin. By turning away from this thought I don't like anymore. I'm going to turn to something better. He says, it keeps you on that path. You can actually have pure thoughts. Turn number three. I turn to godly relationships. You know, I I was going to ignore this in the passage, but I can't because it's in the passage. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's there. Let's look at it again. Turn your back on the turbulent desires of youth and give your positive attention to goodness, faith, love, and peace in company with all those who approach God in sincerity. Here's how the ERV says that last statement. Together with others who trust in the Lord with pure hearts. I choose my friends. You choose your friends. You choose who's, who's going And that, by the way, they have a big impact on your choices. See, your relationships matter. In 2019, this is one of the commitments I asked us to do, to make a commitment in 2019, and that's godly connection. And I want to challenge you, you know, you need, you and I need godly connection. We need people with pure hearts that have that pure influence in our life. 
you know, I am married to someone. Who, well, we made I've made fun of her. We've made fun of her. Called her Mary Poppins before. Practically perfect in every way. Denise is. She sometimes just steers me in the right place. No, I'm not saying she she's practically perfect. Okay, I want to make that clear. Not perfect. But both there's been many times she said, where are you going with that? Think about what you just said. I need people like that in my life. Not just a spouse like that that will call me out and encourage me to, to come back. But I need friendships like that. Because a lot of times our friendships are just stuck in the superficial. Well, here's what you do. Help me. Okay. You tell me if this is a good comment. Help me. I really am struggling with this. Okay, here's what you do. You take your controller, you hit this button, and then this button at the same time. Is that, is that, is that what our conversations have become? That we don't get any deeper than a game? An, a hobby? Don't we share the same, do, do I have friends that share this? Well, I do have friends that share the same interests. That's why they're my friends. Oops. So what are my interests? I want to please God. Well, look at the friendships you've got right now. Are they encouraging you to please God? Well, they're not discouraging me. I'm not saying... Listen, don't, don't try to play words here. Are they encouraging? Are they pulling you in a better direction? Or are you stuck in the superficial? What good is that? I heard somebody say, we do not go to heaven alone. The more I think about it, the more it makes sense. The fr- I, I take to heaven the friendships that I have. They help me get there. And I need that sometimes. I need somebody to encourage me and help me. He says, Timothy, turn from this. Turn to this. And by the way, do it with others in your life. Are you really in a small group? Are, are you? It's, it's not just a small group. Are you giving yourself to any connection other than Sundays or even group meeting? Is there anything else that you could do to get deeper, more meaningful connection? It says in Titus one five as I close, and I just I, I didn't know what to do with this passage, so I put it at the end. A person who is pure of heart sees goodness and purity and everything. What is this? Does it cloud his view? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you mean? It clouds... Uh, what's it? it has an impact on how he sees everything. You see people that are pure in heart, when they see sex, they look at it as a pure thing and respect it for what it is. They see, they see a task or, uh, or even pain in their life. They, they learn to frame it and put it... Not, they're not ignoring what's happened but they're putting it in the context of it and they realize God can help me with this. They're putting, they're putting some kind of... You say they're putting a spin. I'm saying as we choose how we view what happens to us, we choose how we're going to approach what goes on in our lives. And the pure, when you're pure in heart, when your motives are pure, when your thinking is pure, it just helps you see things much better. Now when I read this passage, and maybe as we read this passage, you ask yourself, how do you want to view things? A person who is pure of heart sees goodness and purity in everything. But a person whose heart is evil and untrusting finds evil in everything. For his dirty mind and rebellious heart color all he sees and hears. Does purity have an impact on my perspective? Absolutely. 
God wants you to know that this morning. I don't know where you are. I can't read your mind. I can barely handle my thoughts, all right? I don't want to handle yours, all right, this morning. But I know this series is a very scary series because I tell you, man, there's a lot of responsibility here to talk about how we think. There's a lot of responsibility at your feet on what you're going to do with your thoughts. And I know some of you here really want help with this. Well, let me just ask you, what are your thoughts leading you to do? Where do you need to purify a thought? Is there some sin that's just skewing your perspective of what's really going on? Or do you, are, are you finding out, you know, when I start really looking at giving myself to God and purifying my heart, I'm able to see what He wants and I'm able to see what He's doing. And I can have some peace. Could it be perhaps that that's what it's really about? Is that, that our thoughts either disrupt us and cause all this disruption or, it's, or it can give us peace depending on what we choose? Have you been, is your mind polluted? Oh, that's a bad question. Of course it is. Mine is. Yours is. Yeah. What's polluting it? There you go. What's polluting it? You need to turn something off, turn something another way. Maybe you need to change a friendship because it's just not going the right way. You have a communication card there in your bulletin that gives you an opportunity to, to maybe write something there and ask God to help you and ask people to pray for you. I just know I can't, I can't purify my thoughts by myself. I do need God's help, and I hope you'll take advantage of that. And uh, may God bless us as we, God bless us as we try to purify our mind. I know the hearts in this church. You guys have got some of the best hearts I've ever been around. I know you want to be pure. And I just want to encourage you. You can change that. God will help you change that. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged by it. Just get busy with it. And let God change you. Because it really is all in your head. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning, Lord. Thank you for these passages. Create in us, Father, a clean heart. Create in us pure thoughts. I know some of us here, perhaps all of us here, have got something that's tainting the way we see something. We're bothered about something. We're hurt about something. We're angry or bitter about something. We're after something so much. We're selfish. And it just skews the way we see things, Lord. And Father, help us see that the battle between good and evil, purity and impurity, righteousness and unrighteousness, is coming from the thoughts we have. Oh, guide our thoughts, Lord. Guide our thoughts this morning. Guide our thoughts this week. Help us bring our thoughts to You and depend on you to help us change them. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.